Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. I looked across the table and I said, something's wrong with you. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I said, come outside. Like I just kept moving because I wanted to see lighting. He looked yellow. And so when we got outside, I said, you have jaundice. I've never seen this in person, but your face is yellow. Your eyes are yellow. Something's wrong. Within a week, he was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis. And I was like, how did that happen? Like, I don't understand. Our diet's not perfect, but we've made some drastic changes in the past years. You know, like what's going on? And I think That was another trigger. I don't think the body just starts failing on its own. Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we had a heck of a story, really interesting stuff, because typically when we're interviewing people for this podcast, I mean, you guys know how it goes. They always have a health story that motivates them to get into this, or they have a family member that's the motivation for them to get into this. But this is a little different today because we have a person who dealt with health issues, specifically digestive issues, severe ones, for over two decades before finally getting answers. And while that inspired her to learn more about this topic and study it pretty in-depth, it was actually her husband's condition that acted as, as we say in the podcast, almost like the jet fuel to really propel her into this as full-time work and to leave her job as a teacher to become a functional nutrition specialist. And that's who we're talking to today. Her name's Kira Whitman, and she is a functional nutrition specialist, mom, and former middle school teacher. She's a graduate of Hawthorne University and the School of Applied Functional Medicine and is now pursuing her traditional ND, which is a degree in naturopathic medicine. For those that don't know, a naturopathic doctor is an ND. Her own digestive health issues led her to study nutrition. And then after her first child was born, her husband was diagnosed with two autoimmune disorders back to back. At that point, she made it her mission to better understand what causes the body to fail and what can be done to prevent it beyond just food. Kira combines the principles of a holistic nutrition and functional medicine to help people bring their bodies back to their intended state of wellness. She is a firm believer that the body has an innate ability to heal. One more time. She is a firm believer that the body has an innate ability to heal and will do so when given the right tools. Now, how true is that? And how often is that overlooked? I mean, we can prove the body has an innate healing ability, right? If I cut my finger, I've used this example a million times in this podcast. If I go cut my finger and I don't mess with the scab and I don't engage in the activity that caused it to be cut anymore, what happens? It heals. I didn't have to tell it, hey, finger heal. I didn't probably have to use a medication. I mean, of course, an extreme gash could lead to stitches. Humor me here, right? Without that stuff, it's going to heal on its own. So we know that the body has an innate healing ability. It's just how far does it go? And it turns out it goes a lot farther than just cuts on your fingers. Now, you can find out more about Kira by going to www.anourishedlifenutrition.com. And of course, that'll be in the show notes. I can't wait to share this story with you guys, though. I loved listening to this. I mean, I love listening to all of them, but 
there was something just so powerful about hearing what was supposed to happen to her husband and then what ended up happening. Because I'll tell you this, what was supposed to happen versus what actually happened was a lot different. And they have years of time to prove that what they did actually worked. And it wasn't just a one hit wonder for 30 days or 60 days. And then, you know, he still needed to do the procedures that he was supposed to have to do. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey there, Kira. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. This is, you know, as we continue to grow the podcast, we bring a lot of functional diagnostic nutritioner, uh, nutrition practitioners on, and that's great. I mean, I, I will continue to bring them on as long as we can, but I do think it's important. And this is one of the things I love about Reed, the founder of FDN. You know, he's always trying to enhance things, get new perspectives, strengthen those perspectives. And so we always welcome people that maybe aren't FDNs onto the show just to get a different uh, take on things, you know, and I'm, I'm sure fundamentally a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about today is conceptually similar, uh, but still, it's always nice to get a unique background from someone. So we always start with the same question really on this podcast. And what that is, is like, did you deal with your own health journey? First of all, I think that's important to ask. Yes, definitely. Okay, <laughs> great. Then, then we could continue as normal because I always like to just figure out like, what did your health uh, symptoms look like and when did they begin? And I mean, feel free to go in as much depth with that as possible. Yeah, honestly, my health issues began as an infant. Like I, I like to say, I came out of the womb sick already. Um, I had colic. My mom said I had eczema. I had psoriasis. She really couldn't figure it out. Didn't really know anything back then. Um, as I got older, I remember being a young child, probably six or seven, and frequently getting stomach pain. And I'm not just talking, you know, a little pain here and there where it was an annoyance. It would be, I'm bald over, I'm crying, I can't sleep. It usually seemed to hit in the evenings. I got to the point where I learned that if I put pressure on it, almost like a tourniquet, it would avoid some of the pain. So I'd be leaning over the bathtub trying to put pressure on it. No one figured it out. And I mean, when I say that this continued for years, it continued for years. My mom took me to different doctors, different types of practitioners. No one had an answer. I think it was in my teens that they finally slapped the IBS label on me because they didn't know what else to say, right? You know, what, what do you tell somebody with chronic digestive issues? Must be IBS. Um, so at that point, you know, let's put you on some proton pump inhibitors. So I think I was on Zantac for years because I did get heartburn. Um, got into my 20s and I was really starting to get fed up. I mean, I was identifying as a sick person, believed that this was just my journey. I was handed a bad deck of cards um, because I tried everything they suggested, you know, elevate your bed. That did nothing for my pain, you know, right? <laughs> like, okay, maybe helps a little bit with the reflux, but it wasn't so bad at night. Um, told me to cut out citrus and chocolate. Um, I don't remember what else there was. There was something else on that list. And I'm like, okay, I cut those out. I still don't feel any better. And so, gosh, in my 20s, I think I went for like another barium drink. Um, they did endoscopies. Um, they did ultrasounds. I mean, you name the testing, they did it. So it was nonstop testing. And I think finally, after one of the procedures, I got very, very sick after the treatment, or not the treatment, but the, the testing. I've never responded well to medications. And the nurse didn't believe me. Um, I said, no, I really don't feel well now. 
vomiting all over the hospital. Finally, they take me serious, but that was it. That was truly my breaking point. I said, this is ridiculous. No one can help me. Like, I do not think that I'm supposed to feel like this forever. Why can't anyone give me an answer? I love what, well, first of all, if you're watching on video, I think that's the first time I've ever sneezed on a podcast. So <laughs> forgive me, everyone. But, um, <laughs> you know, I love what you just said about you're having this thought and this idea almost like this doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't add up. And, you know, I, again, I know that you're not an FDN, but one of the things that I have found, and I didn't expect this, but almost universally, even without the FDN thing, like just anyone that comes on this podcast is they have the thought or the feeling eventually that challenges the norm. Mm -hmm. And they're really, I mean, that's a tough thing to do, especially with something like a, you know, a doctor or a hospital telling you what you need to do, because it's one thing to maybe like not take a conventional route in education, right? But like doctors are on a pedestal in society. These are some of the smartest, most educated, highest earning individuals. They, they're the top, right? And so to challenge what they're saying and perhaps think that maybe they don't know everything about my condition or what's going on, that can be pretty tough. So what do you think led you to even allow you to have those thoughts? Because so many people never will. Was it just the sheer longevity of these issues that you had to eventually think like that? I think it was that um, combined with the nurse that really brushed me off, which was almost unrelated. It was, you know, just one time going in for testing and saying, this is how I feel. But I think at that moment, it was like, this is how it's been all along. The doctors are brushing me off. They're not hearing what I'm saying um, and they're not spending any more than five, 10 minutes with me. And I'm like, but I have more to tell you. And you're like, no, nope, just try this drug. Come back if it doesn't work. That So, you know. Yeah. You know, read um, the, uh, read the guy that again, founded FDN. He says something that I don't think most people even pick up. Like unless you've been in it, you don't get what he's talking about. And he calls it the cycle of trial and error. Like that's who we serve in the functional health space more than anyone else is people in the cycle of trial and error. And what you're describing is exactly that, right? No one really knows what's going on. I, I love, you said they throw the label of IBS on, which is basically a diagnosis for, we don't know what's going on, but here's a nice label for it. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, it means like nothing almost. Um, and you just, all right, this medication, maybe even this surgery. And then, you know, you typically start trying things on your own eventually. Um, and I'm curious, so just to get the time frame correct, because I know that you said in your 20s, you were getting fed up. Was it in your 20s still that you're having these thoughts of, hey, this doesn't make sense. I'm like tired of being blown off. Is that the age that you were having those thoughts? Yeah. And that's when it got stronger. In my teens, I really didn't question it. I just thought this really sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it was in my twenties that it was really starting to impact my quality of life. I was a middle school teacher. I'd be in the middle of teaching a class. The pain would come on. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I'd have to wow. sit down and I'm teaching like this, like just miserable. My gosh. Um, yeah. And at that point, I think it was more so, wait a minute, something's not adding up. It's actually amazing sometimes to me how long us humans, myself fully included, can live with these symptoms because something that you and I actually have in common, I had digestive pain actually by coincidence, but it wasn't the way that you're describing. I had more mental health stuff, physical health, like in terms of skin. One of the things that I found is especially the people that have dealt with this from a younger age, it is that I have even more respect um, knowing your story now and how you were able to kind of get out of this because when you don't know anything else, you do. You kind of just think, this is life. This sucks. This is normal. This is how I am. At least if this starts in your 30s or 40s and you're healthy your whole life, you know that this is not you. But yeah, if you're a kid and you've been dealing with this since as long as you can remember, 
it's pretty hard to go away from that and say that this doesn't make sense. So um, I give you huge props for that. Now, did you have any influence from the natural side of things? And influence would be like the hippie parent or, you know, growing up on a farm or something. Like, was there any external influence that talked about maybe natural or functional healthcare? Not really. I mean, my mom, I would say, was slightly more natural minded in the fact that she tried to eat healthier, but, you know, healthy in the 80s was low fat everything and drink your milk with every meal. So, <laughs> you know, healthy yeah. in that sense, just like you eat the Entenmann's, you don't eat the Oreos. But beyond that, no, not really. Okay. And that's another thing that we see. And, you know, if you're a regular listener, I apologize for always beating the same point home. But to me, it's so important because. We need inspired people that go out and have the courage to do this. This is a woman that for 20 years, basically, is dealing with these issues. Everyone's saying no, no external influence for the natural side of things, except a very minor one there um, with your mom, and still had the courage to go away from the beaten path. So am I saying immediately stop all procedures of Western medicine? Of course not. That's crazy and irresponsible. But we got to trust our guts sometimes, no pun intended, especially when we are do. you did try. Like you are trying, it's not working. If it's one thing, if it's three months of treatment, right? Okay, fair enough. We got to experiment a little bit. Nothing's perfect. We experiment in sometimes with what we're doing. Two decades, you know, someone should have figured this out by now. So, I mean, huge props to you for having the courage to follow your gut and say, this doesn't make sense. So without any external influence and being in your twenties, because I actually love that you brought that up because most of the people that I interview, um, and not that there's anything wrong with this, they typically find this stuff in their 30s or beyond. And it's really cool to hear from someone because I found this in my 20s too, probably just because of how long you and I had both dealt with stuff. Yeah. I, I was I was done. I'm like, this doesn't add up. And I don't mean to be dramatic. I don't know about you, but I had gotten to a point where like, I don't want to say suicidal in the depressive sense because I was kind of past certain things with the depression. But I did. I, I was at a point where I'm like, I can't live like this for another 60, 70 years. You know, I, I don't want to do that. So I might as well exhaust all options. So what were some of the first things that you started doing? I mean, you're basically starting with with nothing and no information about the natural side of things. Yeah. Um, it's funny because a lot of that seems hazy, which I'm like, okay, there was some divine intervention there or something. <laughs> yes, <right>? yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, I do remember, and I'm sure there were other things that happened, but of course, any female, you know, you have these chronic health issues, but what's on the top of your mind? I want to lose weight. So that was in the forefront. <laughs> um, and so I was doing CrossFit. I'd found CrossFit. A friend suggested it. I'm doing these workouts. And I was like, I'm looking better. And it was actually the head coach that said to me, you should consider a paleo diet. And honestly, I, I laughed. I was like, no, I come here so I can drink my beer and do whatever I want. Like I live in Denver. Come on. I'm, I'm doing everything for fun. But it's almost like at that moment, it kind of stuck in my head of maybe he's right. Like what if food has something to do with how I'm feeling actually? And, you know, no one brought it up outside of the citrus and um, tomatoes and chocolate. The doctors told me no one said anything about food. Like maybe you want to look at a, a low FODMAPS diet or maybe you want to try cutting out gluten or dairy or nothing like that outside of the usual, you know, assortment of food. So I think that kind of stuck in my mind. Now, did I do anything about it immediately? No, I'm sure I went home and drank a beer. But um, I think I just started Googling stuff. And then I also remember watching a commercial for P90X because at that point I was on my workout journey. Like that was new to working out for me. So let me get into this. 
And P90X sends you, you know, the meal plans, essentially, and recipes and stuff. And I started following some of that. And just reading about nutrition, I'm like, gosh, no one ever talked to me about how many fruits and vegetables I need every day. No one ever told me that there's such a thing as inflammatory foods or lo and behold, that you're supposed to poop every day. I hope I can say that on this podcast, but no. Yes. I I think we've talked about dry vaginas on here, so poop should be fine. (laughs) Okay, good, good. No one ever, like no doctor ever said, hey, you should be pooping at least once a day. I was not. I was chronically constipated. So I'm like, huh, okay. Now I'm really a little annoyed with the doctors because no one's ever brought this up to me. Like these seem like much simpler fixes than you guys handing me an antidepressant for my IBS. And so it spiraled. I mean, it just kept going. And I don't know if you want me to keep talking, but at that point, I went back and got my degree in nutrition to serve myself. Like it was not with an intention of serving others. Okay. I I apologize if I missed this. I mean, what were you in school before? Did you go to college in your 20s and did you pursue something else? Yeah. So um, I actually had a degree in English and then I went and got a master's in education and I was a- oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the part I missed. I knew that you were a teacher, but I was like, where's the in-between there? So that makes sense. Okay. Um, and yeah, you know, I've never done CrossFit myself, but from my understanding, especially, you know, more and more so, isn't like paleo pretty popular in the world of CrossFit, right? It is very popular. Yeah. Cool. Um, and of course we know, you know, especially as a practitioner, I mean, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's a dang good starting place. You know, there's very few people if they're coming off more of a standard American thing that aren't going to benefit. And I am curious though. I mean, you know, you're in the CrossFit space and you learn about this. You said probably went home and drank a beer that night. So I love that you're bringing the human aspect to this because that is how it goes. What was, I mean, other than maybe the removal of some of these foods, like you said, they had recommended the chocolate and citrus, like, were you just eating a completely standard American diet or did you follow anything at that time? Because I know that you're saying like, you really didn't even think about nutrition. Like, what did your diet look like before that? It was pretty standard. Um, My husband and I kind of look back and laugh at it. It's embarrassing because I just truly didn't know, you know, like when I moved away from home, when I say I had a healthier diet at home, I was, you know, fruits and vegetables were served. But when I moved away from home, it was like a free for all, you know, college just kept going. It was like, well, I really hadn't had a lot of fast food as a kid. That was kind of limited. I mean, there was still other junk food in the house, but fast food wasn't prevalent. So I was doing that. I was making my own money. So, you know, I could go to restaurants and get stuff. And, you know, who didn't want quick meals when you're working 50 hours a week? It was I went to lean pockets instead of hot pockets, if that counts for something. Um, And a lot of TV dinner type things, just it was a lot of packaged foods. Maybe I'd throw in, you know, some frozen broccoli once a day. Like I'd like to say that maybe I got a serving of vegetables and fruits, but it was pretty bad. Okay. And yeah, I mean, how that is so often the case for I'd say 90% of the people that come on here, which really interesting is about 10% actually did have like a really decent diet or even like organic and stuff. And that just shows how it is more than food is amazing and is essential, but especially the longer we've been sick, there are multiple variables, you know, and we need to be really taking a systemic approach um, or systematic, I should say, approach to like what's going on here. Cause food's important, but what what else is happening? So I, I would love for you to continue. I just had to ask those kind of questions. I mean, I guess where we can lead into next is 
you know, you're going back and pursuing education in this. And when we were talking about your bio in the intro, I mean, you are someone that clearly is not anywhere near done learning. I mean, you're just stacking them on and stacking them on. And and that's what happens in this space, right? It's amazing. Like there's such a passion for the topic and the work that is seemingly universally shared amongst all of us. So I love that you're uh, doing that. And I mean, how long till you are going to be a naturopathic doctor? Um, depending on how long it takes me to get through some of these courses, probably another three, three and a half years. Okay. That's still, that's awesome. I mean, it's just so cool. So let's talk about the stuff that obviously you already are doing. You're a functional nutritional, uh, specialist, functional nutrition specialist. How did we go from the degree side of things to that? Because I'm guessing there, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing it wasn't a college that gave you that title. No, it was (laughs) a combination of things. So when I first started getting my degree, which was in holistic nutrition, obviously that challenged everything I had learned, you know, (laughs) what is this holistic approach that you speak of? Um, So that's when I really started changing things in my own diet and noticing improvements. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. You know, before it was once a month, I would have a day or two of chronic pain and now it's every few months, like we're making improvements, I'm pooping every day, that's got to be a good thing, you know, just like little baby steps. As I'm going through it, I'm educating myself. And like I said, I did it for me. Like at that point, it was fed up. I had I just finished, you know, honestly, my degree in education, I hadn't been teaching that long. So I thought that was my calling. I'm just going to go back, I'm going to get this degree online for myself. It took me about four years. But when I got to the point of graduating, I said, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm supposed to be an educator, but I got it wrong. It's not supposed to be middle schoolers. <laughs> um, and so it spiraled from there. So at that point, I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't just leave my middle school teaching job. Like, I have secure pay. I don't have any clients. I don't know how to get clients. And it's like it happened overnight. My husband came home from work one day. And he was sitting and having lunch with me. And I looked across the table and I said, something's wrong with you. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I said, come outside. Like I just kept moving because I wanted to see lighting. He looked yellow. And so when we got outside, I said, you have jaundice. I've never seen this in person, but your face is yellow. Your eyes are yellow. Something's wrong. Like, and at that point I was not somebody who was like, go see a doctor, but yes, you need to go see a doctor. Like I can't help you with this. And so he went and because of how jaundiced he was, the process happened pretty quickly. Within a week, he was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis. And I was like, how did that happen? Like, I don't understand. Like our diet's not perfect, but we've made some drastic changes in the past years, you know, like what's going on? And I think that was another trigger. So first I had the trigger in the hospital for the nurse that wouldn't listen to me. This was another one where I said, I don't think the body just starts failing on its own. Like there's got to be something underlying. And so that spiraled. I found him a functional medicine doctor. Um, and then it, I, I couldn't stop, right? It's like an addiction. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and I, I love what you said about like the calling, you know, it's, it is very hard to have an experience, like a true one of healing in this space and not feel compelled to do something with this, even if it's just you share every week on Facebook and have a completely different career. I mean, it's like, how can you not tell people this? Yeah. You know, people are suffering. 
you mm-hmm. know there's better answers out there that they don't have access to. Now, this is actually, sometimes I ask questions for the audience, but this is truly, I don't even know what this is. What is autoimmune hepatitis? I mean, I can use common sense, but I just, I don't even understand the process of how that happens. Liver just started attacking itself, just like any other autoimmune process. Right. Um, and his, to give you an example, liver enzymes, I mean, you know, 20s is, is where they should, you know, be around that range. His were in the thousands. I mean, to the point where they were like, you might need to consider a liver transplant. You're going to be on prednisone for the rest of your life. There is no cure. Good luck. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So you had been motivated, obviously, from your own experiences to be doing this stuff. And then was this kind of like jet fuel where you're like, all right, no, no, no. We're going head first all in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was, um, I mean, I know that you went to the functional medicine doctor. Is this something I know it couldn't be cured They're considering the transplant? I mean, how did this story end with your husband? I mean, is he, is he good? Is it's an amazing story actually. So I'll, I'll start with that and then I'll backtrack. He never touched the prednisone and he's been in remission for years. So wow. <laughs> let's go. I love right, this stuff. Right. It never gets um, old. <laughs> so right after he came back, from the doctor with the diagnosis. And I I should back up, gets a little bit funny. He had lost weight. Like he started rapidly losing weight and dropped like 30 pounds in the matter of a month and a half. And it was like, after the jaundice, all of a sudden the symptoms came on. Chronic diarrhea, didn't feel well, fatigued beyond means. Like walking up the stairs, he was just like out of breath. And this is somebody who bikes 60 miles in a day. Like it was so odd. And so I immediately put him on AIP because that's all I knew to do at that point, you know, with my nutrition degree. I'm like, let's lower inflammation. Let's see what's bothering you. But he, right before that, he was eating like Taco Bell. I mean, anything because he was trying to put on weight at that point. He's like, I can't eat enough. That was not helping things. (laughs) We know that now. But so put him on AIP, found the functional medicine doctor who pretty quickly diagnosed him with celiac as well. We had no clue. We didn't even know there was a connection. So for anybody listening with autoimmune hepatitis, there is a very strong connection with celiac. We were amazed. Um, the functional medicine doctor was like, I, I don't know how they didn't know to check this, but we pulled out gluten, you know, after being an AIP, his liver enzymes drastically started going down. And within, I think it was like six months they were into the hundreds from the thousands. So that was a major improvement. But like I said, he never touched the prednisone. Uh, how many years ago was this? That was about five years ago now. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> I mean, this, it, I, I don't know. This never gets old. I love hearing these stories. It gets me so jacked up and inspired just to, just to hear these things. You know, it's so cool. And I'm sure when you're going through this, especially when you're newer into it, you do feel isolated in a way. You're like, am I the only one going through this? And it's, is it everyone? No, it's not. But no, there are millions of families and couples out there suffering right now. And it feel like feels like their world's falling apart. And there are different answers and perspectives. So I give you guys props because this is a scary thing. It's, it's one thing to deal with. I mean, I'll just use an example for myself so I don't offend anyone here. I had an autoimmune disease that would eventually, you know... The idea of surgery would have came up. I mean, we're talking years down the road after medication didn't work. So there wasn't necessarily an urgency. It's tough to make decisions like this when there is a sense of urgency and, I mean, impossible liver transplant. That's not like an appendix by any means. You know, that's a pretty serious thing. Yeah. So um, 
and just for the listeners, yes, I understand that you do not get an appendix transplant. That's not what I meant. So <laughs> I know someone's going to get me on that. So I just got to be clear. Um, okay. I mean, th- this is, this is amazing. Is that like after that situation and experience, is that when you transitioned to this as a career or were you kind of already doing that? Uh, so I was thinking of it, but didn't know how to break into it. It was more like, oh, I'll take a client off and on here as I'm teaching. Um, but it just so happened that it worked out perfectly. My teaching job ended. Literally, the school closed and they told us all, we'll find you jobs in the district. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, no, I think that's a sign for me to be done. And so the doctor that I found for him, I was kind of harassing him. Like, hey, you don't have a nutritionist on staff. I think you need somebody to help people get through this. Like, you know, just telling somebody you need AIP, good luck. People need help navigating that. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm so glad I was there to help my husband because there was a mourning period, right? Like literally being told I can't consume gluten again was like, what? Um, And so after talking to the doc... I don't know, for months, he finally agreed to meet with me. And um, I started contracting with him. I'm actually still contracting with him about four and a half years later now. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Um, yeah. I, I actually completely forgot because I was just, I was very focused on this story. I, I love stuff like this. Again, there's two things that you said that I thought were interesting. One was the AIP side of things. I can't, they taught that in a college course. Well, I mean, it was holistic nutrition. So yes. But still, I mean, taught out of college though? Yeah. That's okay. That's great. I love to see things moving forward. I mean, because I know even those programs, a lot of the times on the college level are not necessarily what we would look for. I I think that's amazing. I mean, you know, is that a diet we want to be on forever? Maybe not necessarily, but that is a life-saving thing for people. It it can really get the fire to stop, you know, just let's chill this stuff out a little bit. So in your practice now, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the different certifications offer necessarily offhand. Like, are you utilizing functional lab testing? Because Okay, cool. So what is your system or program or approach look like? I mean, what lab tests do you typically use? Or is it very specific to the person? Um, I'm definitely interested in that. And I know our audience will be as well. Yeah. So I mean, I primarily work with women with autoimmune because obviously that turned into a passion for me. I'm sorry, males, it turned into females. <laughs> um, and I do with what's going on and with what we learned about my husband and just my own functional medicine training now, usually start off with something like a GI map for comprehensive stool test. You know, I want to see what's going on under the hood. Um, sometimes I'll do like Dutch hormone testing for women, but I like to tell them that that's not the end all be all like hormones. Don't just go haywire on their own. There's something else underneath. Um, and recently because you know, the learning never ends. I'm taking Kendra Perry's HTMA course and like, obsessed now with HTMA and starting to offer that as well, which is hair tissue mineral analysis. For those that don't know, I forget my technical terms. Yeah. Well, okay. That's awesome. I think you know this, but Kendra is an FDN. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, for those listening, I mean, Kendra's on our advisory board. She used to be the executive director of the Association of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioners. So that uh, that reminds me, we might have to have Kendra on sooner yeah. rather than later. That'd be so cool to have her talking about that. Um, So I love it. I love the continued learning. And so we, you're doing this while also in school for the ND thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's also par for the course in this space. Like, <laughs> As if one wasn't complicated or technical enough, you know, if, especially when running a business and doing your own thing. So um, I, I want to just get it, I guess, in your own words. Of course, we, as the audience, already have an idea. I mean, you kind of said you're focusing on the autoimmune type of uh, client, but 
if I don't know if you have like an elevator pitch or whatever, I think it helps us. Like who, what are some characteristics of your ideal client? Is it just autoimmunity or do they have other qualities to them that you're looking for? Um, usually I'll say it's a woman with autoimmune that is either newly diagnosed and has zero clue where to start or feels like they've tried everything, but they're still spinning their wheels and mm-hmm. with symptoms. Cause I know that catches people. Some people are like with autoimmune, well, that's, that's not my issue, but I have chronic fatigue. Well, the fatigue is coming with the autoimmune or the weight gain or the weight that won't budge. Um, so that's pretty typical. I guess I don't have an elevator pitch for you. No, 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 no worries. But I, it is helpful because especially if someone's listening, you know, we love for people to come to FDN Thrive, but Reed, such a cool guy again. Like it's just, if you get someone off of this, that's not a loft, lost for FDN, right? That is a win for the functional space. So we always just like to be clear, hey, this is who Kira is going to do best with so that people that come to you and choose to work with you it is the exact person that you actually uh, serve and can serve them best, right? Um, I guess... Uh, you know, are you someone that's working exclusively online? Are you doing any in-person stuff or is it an online business now? It's pretty much online. However, I am in Las Vegas. I have a couple clients here and they do like to meet in person. So I'm happy to do that as well, but it's pretty atypical. That's fun though. I mean, it is cool when you can pull that off every now and then, you know, I mean, the online has such a cool appeal, but it is nice when you can see someone in front of you. And the longer you do this stuff, you can kind of, when you could physically see someone, you can kind of pick up on things, you know, and you, you figure it out. Now, obvious question is, did your husband ever get into this stuff or is he just happy to be healed and good and he's still doing his thing? I mean, he's pretty happy to be healed. Um, (laughs) Yes. But he definitely got more interested in nutrition. I mean, can I say that he's the best eater? No. If I put some (laughs) gluten-free cookies in front of him, he's going to eat gluten-free cookies, but at least he knows (laughs) gluten-free. And he checks stuff. He reads labels. He's pretty savvy now with, you know, buying organic and opting for higher quality meats and, you know, even like I was pretty proud of him for this. He picked out his own non-toxic deodorant and body wash. <laughs> you know, he's picked up a few things over the years. <laughs> That's very cool. I, one of the things that I always love talking about is uh, like maybe some, well, I guess we could rewind to this because technically this isn't a normal thing, but you do utilize labs. When you ran like functional labs on yourself for the first time, did you find anything that was surprising or like, wow, I really need to work on this and I never would have thought of it? That's what's so crazy is I didn't. So the first thing I ran on myself was a GI map. I was like, oh my gosh, with my chronic digestive issues, this is going to be a train wreck. And it came up and I'm like, am I like, am I missing something? I I was expecting like massive overgrowth, candida, parasites, even some worms, like throw everything in there. And for the most part, I had a little beneficial bacteria that was low and a low SIG A. And I'm like, that's it. But I think at that point, by the time I got to the functional labs, I had made so many diet and lifestyle changes that had I run it five years prior, it would have been a train wreck. So, yeah. Well, that's still pretty impressive because we have plenty of people that are going through FDN or FDN Thrive that, you know, they've done a lot of the stuff that you're describing, at least it sounds similar. I'm sure it's not identical. And no, I mean, their labs still have plenty of work to do. I mean, I was someone that that was the case for. So I'm curious. I mean, let's get specific with the diet and lifestyle stuff that you were talking about over the five years. What, what diet did you maintain? Are you someone that's still doing like um, a paleo based diet? Or what did you end up sticking with? And I'm sure there's flexibility in this now nowadays, but yeah. Um, I'll say paleo ish. So, (laughs) you know, we definitely don't follow that. 
the whole household is gluten-free and I've remained gluten-free. I realized that was one of my triggers and that was mm -hmm. probably leading to inflammation. Um, grains are an occasional thing, but I don't think that they're the enemy. Um, just like dairy, sometimes it makes its way in the house and dairy I'm okay with. But for the most part, you know, the, the inflammatory process, box things, and even beans. Beans were always a trigger for me. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, dairy and well, many of these other things are interesting ones because, you know, we, especially in our space, you find that most people end up when they remove gluten, it's like, I I'm not going back to this. That, that's certainly the case for me. But it is cool with certain other things like dairy. I mean, I broke out like crazy if I ate any type of dairy. And would I eat it every day now? Probably not. But I've been able to get to a point where it's like, no, my body can handle a little bit every now and then. And I I've just think that's remarkable what the body's able to do and actually healing as opposed to just managing symptoms because there is a, a really big difference there, right? So some of the other lifestyle stuff, as you said, at that time that you ran the GI map, you're like surprised at how good it is. It was diet and lifestyle. So what are some of the other lifestyle factors that maybe you're big on or, or focusing on with your clients? Uh, stress management is a big one. And I realized, honestly, only in the last probably year and a half, just how much stress impacts my digestive system. We know it impacts everyone on so many different levels, but that is one of my major triggers. And again, no one ever discussed it with me. So when I get to that point, if I get any digestive issues, which nothing like I used to get, but you know, a few times a year, I'm like, ooh, something's coming on. Deep breathing exercises. So truly just calming the nervous system, which was a massive one for me um, because I'm the go, go, go person and was probably always in fight or flight. Uh, the other thing was cleaning up beauty products, cleaning products, because I had never paid attention to those. And that was definitely not anything on my radar. No one said like, Hey, by the way, you're putting a ton of toxins all over your body. Anytime you're slathering it in, you know, your bath and body works lotions. <laughs> that was a big one. Um, cool. Yeah, it was it. You know, and to us, yes, maybe this is something we've known for a while, but, but I find sometimes Certain things that I think are common sense in the space actually aren't. And people get like down rabbit holes and maybe they only learn about one topic and they can tell you everything about MTHFR, but they can't tell you the most basic thing about, you know, maybe even macronutrients, right? Yeah. So just to be uh, safe here, because I think this is a really important thing for people to always be conscious of. If nothing else, it'll act as, act as a reminder. Can you explain why your digestive system is so affected by stress? Because you brought up the fight or flight response. Like, What is the relationship there and why is it affecting your digestion, do you think? Well, um, or do you it, know? <laughs> it puts you in that fight or flight, like running from stuff and your whole body tenses. I mean, in the simplest form, that's it. I'm tensing everything. Different people hold tension in different areas. You know, some people will say, oh, I have a neck ache and that's from stress. For me, my tension is directly in the gut. So fight or flight, I'm secreting cortisol. It's impacting my digestion, definitely not absorbing my food well. So that's the problem is a lot of times I get stressed out, be anxious about something. I'd be eating this terrible food and then wonder why an hour later I'm in severe pain. Well, that's why. Super interesting. I had a, a chronic panic attacks at one point, legitimate panic disorder, and I would get the worst acid reflux and, you know, stomach issues. And it is, it's so like simple because you never think about it. But when you're in that state of fight or flight, the body is to keep it simple, 
taking energy, guys, at, from the areas that it doesn't need. Well, guess what? You do not need digestion in every single moment to survive, right? It's trying to protect you because, again, you're in that fight or flight. And sometimes that can be as extreme as a panic attack or a real, you know, threat. But we're all kind of in this low-grade fight or flight. And I think that's why we're seeing so many issues with digestion. I don't know about um, you, Kira. Like, I have always desired to be on as little supplements as possible as I've gotten healthier, but I took the gamble and I personally have not moved away from digestive enzymes, even knowing that that could potentially lower my production naturally, because I just kind of feel like, um, um, it's an uphill battle in today's world. And I feel like that small supplementation is probably like worth it. Like, do you use anything like that still? Or are you someone that has good digestion without using something like that. So I'm someone that did not respond well to digestive enzymes. They actually bloated me, but I take bitters on a daily basis. Love digestive bitters and they love me back. Got it. What are some examples of like bitters for those that maybe are unfamiliar? Um, I can't even think of what's in them to be honest. I just know that I use a brand called urban moonshine and I couldn't even tell you what they put in there anymore. (laughs) I feel like the only bitter, if I had, like, if you had a gun to my head and said, you got to guess, I feel like ginger, but I actually don't know myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that either way, bitters, I think we can agree on this for sure. Or I say this confidently, it is very natural products, right? There are a lot of even food-based things that, so that's great. I mean, if that's something that you can do that helps your digestion, that's awesome. Uh, Maybe I should look into that more. That's one of my favorite parts about doing this is not only hearing the stories, but I learning every single time and then thinking of new things to try for myself. So that's fun. Now I'd like to transition a little bit because especially someone like you, you've been doing this for a while. I'd love to talk about, uh, to the degree that you're able, uh, maybe a client success story or even a couple of something that just, it was a person that maybe came to you in the same boat that you were in, not necessarily with the uh, digestive issues, although it certainly could be. I just mean someone that's like at the end of the rope, they're like, why is this happening? And then you're able to turn it around for them. So are there any like, is there a story or stories that kind of stick out when I ask that? Yeah, I actually have the perfect example of someone who came to me. My my niche before autoimmune was digestive issues and I kind of made the switch, but you know, you can still have digestive issues with autoimmune. She came to me out of Canada. Um, And was frustrated because she had a very similar story to me and chronic pain, but also chronic diarrhea. So that was the opposite there. She just, I mean, it was five to 15 times in a day and she was having pain four to five times a week, which was just insane to me. And when we had our first conversation, um, so what's your goal? What are you, what are you hoping to achieve working together? You know, like we're not looking for spontaneous remission and elimination of all symptoms in a couple months, but like, where would you like to see yourself? And she said, I don't know. I've lived with this for so long. I just, I don't know if there's any help. I'm like, Oh, that just breaks my heart because we know that there's some help. So obvious started with a GI map. Hers was a train wreck. (laughs) I'll use that term. Um, She had a lot happening to the point where I actually said, I think you need to go see a gastroenterologist. I want to rule out ulcerative colitis Crohn's. Like that totally would fit your description. It was ruled out, um, but she did tell me testing there was not great. And so we just worked through a bunch of things and we worked together for three months and then she signed up for another six months or sorry, for another three months. So six months total, we worked together. And I told her, this is going to be a long process, right? Like we're just going to make gains and you might backtrack somewhere. Like that's how healing is. It's not linear. And so by the time we finished up the six months together, she was having pain maybe once a month, no more diarrhea whatsoever. 
um, you know, and was, was learning foods and triggers. Stress was a massive one for her too. So she's still learning that. And so that reminds me, I probably need to check in on her and see how she's doing. But I think it's important for people to see too. It took six months and she's still not a hundred percent symptom free. You took the words right out of my mouth because this is, that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. We just need a shift in perspective because we are so used to the pill for every ill thing in society and the quick fixes. There's nothing wrong with six months or even a year or even two years if we know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I think the only people, uh, only reason people would get turned off by six months or 12 months is they think it's like a gamble. It's like, no, when you're actually healing and trying to reduce long-term inflammation or make changes in the gut, yeah, guys, this isn't overnight. You know, yeah. it's not, that's not how it works. It didn't take overnight to get to where you're at. It's certainly not going to take overnight uh, to get better. And I think we are blessed because you know what? You can have someone that's been sick for 10 years and they can get better in six months. So let's just be thankful that the healing is always quicker for the most part than the actual illness itself. The body is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, so true. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Now, I have uh, three more things for you real quick. Um, they, they really are quick. <laughs> One is, let's just go back to the, di uh, the digestion thing. I think that is something that it's like sleep almost in that if I asked a room full of people, uh, hey, do you think your digestion or sleep and or sleep could be better? I feel like every hand would go up. So what's a basic, maybe even a universal type tip that someone could use for better digestion that's probably pretty safe to attempt? Not medical advice, of course. Yeah. Um, be cognizant of your eating patterns. So not what you're eating. Obviously, that's important. But this is one that people just so often ignore. Chew your food until it's applesauce texture. Don't be chugging beverages with your meals. Um, and actually take your time during the meal. Don't scarf it up in five minutes on the way to a meeting or in your car. But be present during your meal and use the five senses. That's huge for digestion. Makes sense to me. Where can people find your business? And just because, you know, we're kind of meeting each other recently, I don't even know everything that you offer. I don't know if it's just coaching, if there's courses, book, maybe not. Like what is everything that you offer and feel free to shout it all out? Yeah. So privately working with me for four months, which does include the GI map and the hair tissue mineral analysis. So it's an all encompassing autoimmune recovery program. Um, I was offering a three month group coaching program, but I'm turning that into a course. So TBD on that, that'll be ready soon. And right now, those are the only two offerings I have. Okay. And where can people uh, find you? Um, Facebook, a nourished life nutrition, Instagram, same thing, a nourished life nutrition website, a nourished life nutrition.com. Awesome. And of course, that'll be in the show notes, folks. So we're going to finish up here, Kira, with our signature question on the FDN Thrive podcast. It's not tricky by any means. Sometimes it takes a little thought, but it's definitely nothing crazy. And I know we just talked about what we could do for better digestion, but this is a more broad uh, question. Now, any good practitioner, I always got to say this, all of us know that we're bio-individual and yes, you know, every person's going to need something different. So with that disclaimer put on, you get a second to cheat. If Kira had a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or maybe stop doing one thing, what's the one thing that Kira would get them to do? Start eating food that's found in nature. Meaning if you can grow it, hunt it, forage it, fish it, whatever, Focus on that and minimize things that are made in a factory. Yet another incredible story. 
of what functional healthcare can do. And this woman's not even an FDN. This is just someone else in the functional health space, different certifications, working her butt off, studying her butt off, and look at the results they got. Do you think it's fair that there are millions, if not tens of millions, of people out there right now who are suffering in their relationships, who are losing their careers, who are thinking that they're going to die early and might actually even die early because they don't have all the information and are not allowed to make an informed decision. Prednisone, especially lifetime prednisone, that's a pretty nasty recipe. That's a nasty little drug. Can do some amazing things in the short term, but that's a nasty thing. Causes a lot of side effects for most people. Now, I fully admit, I don't know what the stats of success are on a liver transplant offhand. I'm going to guess, considering the size of the liver and the importance of that organ, that's generally not something we'd like to have removed and then another one put in. I'm going to go out on a whim here and put myself out there and guess that that's probably not the best surgery ever. It's not fair. And here is another story of someone having the courage to go away from the beaten path to get better. That is hard. It is hard when you have someone coming to you in your life that is so close. And look at how fast that happened. Do you guys hear that story? Within a week, this guy goes from seemingly healthy to being told, hey, uh, this is a pretty serious autoimmune disease, man. You better do something about this pretty quick. I have no idea how Kira had the mental ability to stay, stay so grounded in truth, even in the face of something so severe. But that's pretty darn impressive. And as impressive as it might be, and as admirable as these stories are, you know what would be great? If we didn't have to have these stories anymore, if everyone out there got the information, all of the information before these things happened so that they can make an informed decision, I'm not just saying this so that they can go do the natural side or the functional side of things. I don't care what you do, but I do care that you have all the options and all the available information. This man was going to get a liver transplant and spend the rest of his life on a very, very strong medication. Go look up the long-term side effects of prednisone if you don't believe me. And it was unnecessary. And for what did she say? Five, six years? This was not yesterday. For five or six years, she's been better. You really think all of a sudden this is going to happen again? I doubt it. The system that diagnosed him, which is amazing, also failed him in terms of treatment. They were not designed to prevent that. They were not designed to deal with it in terms of deal with it holistically. They were designed to deal with it in immediate, acute sense. We got to do something now. This is what we got for you. This is the easiest quote unquote, depending on how you define easy, right? Easiest way to address this. I think because, and probably this is true for many of us, having been in this space so long and having such personal stories with family members either passing away 
or having their organs removed unnecessarily. This isn't a joke to me. I don't think this is funny. I don't think this is cool. I would put the people that are in charge of this system in jail if I could. You can't be taking out people's organs and putting them on strong medications for the rest of their life without giving them all the options. And I'm not blaming the doctor. I'm not blaming the surgeons. I'm blaming the system. And although I cannot prove it, and now I'm giving a personal opinion, this isn't on behalf of FDN Thrive, I find it hard to believe that there's not someone in this system that doesn't know that there's a better way and chooses not to share it publicly. Or at the very least, they don't promote it in the way that it should be. How is someone that has no formal background in this stuff until her mid-20s able to figure it out, but a doctor couldn't? Is the doctor stupid? Is the doctor uneducated? Well, maybe uneducated about this stuff. <laughs> Is the doctor a bad person just trying to make a quick buck? I doubt it. I really doubt it. So the information's out there. Someone knows about it. But someone also knows it's a lot more profitable to keep someone on prednisone for the rest of their life and to have someone undergo a liver transplant than it is to tell them to stop eating certain foods. A lot more profitable. Not to mention all the other things that that person is now going to need to be getting treated for because they had a liver transplant or because they never addressed the root cause or because they are on prednisone for the rest of their life. I'm just inferring. I don't actually know Kira's age. I'm guessing early 30s, anywhere to maybe early 40s. I don't know. So I'm going to guess her husband's in a similar range. How many other things you're going to think or do you think would have came up in this guy's life over the next 30, 40 years if he met the life expectancy? Probably quite a few. And if this upsets you as greatly as it upsets me, I'm going to ask you to do two things, please. This is all I ask for. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so people have the opportunity to hear this information, not so that they can be indoctrinated into one system. I don't want them indoctrinated into ours. I want them to have choices. I want them to know the Kira Whitmans are out there. I want them to know FDN Thrive is out there to help them if they need it. That's all I want. Whatever you do with that knowledge is up to you. But it's not fair that they don't know. A rating goes a long way. Every little one counts and it's going to help us stack and stack and stack and grow as we have been growing. We thank you so, so much for regularly listening and supporting this podcast. And if you really want to go above and beyond, the best possible thing that you could do is take this episode, copy the link and share it and ask other people if they think this is okay. Say, hey, please take 50 minutes out of your day to go listen to a podcast about a story of someone who dealt with health issues for 20 years and then watched her husband almost end up on lifelong medication and get his organ switched around to someone else's because they didn't have the right information and were never told all of the facts. People deserve to know this. And as serious as this can be sometimes and as sad as it can be, these types of stories, man, FDN, the community, the functional space, that's what keeps me going. 
I sometimes get so fed up in this and I'm, I'm walking around maybe like, I'm just using a common place as an example, like a Walmart or a Target or whatever. And I'm looking around I'm like, wow, what is going on? Like, are we really going to beat this? And then I see our listeners and then I see the people that leave the reviews and I hear from the people that come on this podcast and I go into the FDN community and I talk to those individuals and I am just reignited and it gives me the hope that I need that we are going to figure this out. We're going to change this around. We're going to get information to every single person that is on this earth. I know that sounds like a bold goal, but there's millions of people that are helping in this. We're not alone. FDN's not alone. Kira Whitman's not alone. None of the people that come on this are alone. There's so many good people out there doing this work. So whether you share our stuff, leave us a rating, that's one thing. Make sure you at least go share theirs. Everyone should have a right to know about this information, period. And you can help that. You have no idea how much a simple share can do for someone that is in the midst of a health crisis and is looking for anything to grab onto. They're looking for the new place or thing to research. Think about what we talked about today. There's a cycle of trial and error, right? You're just grasping at straws. What if you help them out with giving them a little bit better than a straw, right? Maybe it's like a nice rope. <laughs> I would consider us a pretty good rope, pretty strong rope. <laughs> you could change someone's life. And if you think I'm being dramatic or trying to just be motivational or whatever, wow, you must not know my story then. You must not know the things that we see on FDN. You must be a new listener. That's for sure. Please consider leaving a review if you like this information. Please consider sharing it so that other people can hear about this. I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to this, uh, listen this far in this podcast. I hope you're listening to these regularly. We are at a point where we have so many amazing stories, episode 58, 57 other episodes, and we are just getting started. And if you think he always says that it's because it's the truth. We're not slowing down. The listener count is going up. The downloads are going up. The reviews and ratings are going up. We are so excited and so blessed to be able to bring you this information and to be able to bring you practitioners that can come on here and talk about this stuff so that you can make an informed decision. Maybe you find that the FDN Thrive Coaches and Program is great for you. Fantastic. Maybe you resonate more with one of the practitioners that comes on. Also fantastic. Doesn't matter to us. People have a right to know. And we hope that you do include the functional side of things in your healthcare journey. Because usually the answer for most people is not so much one or the other. It's a unique and specific combination of both that can only be done when, you guessed it, you have all the options. So I will stop at that. I hope that gets you thinking. I hope it gets you to take some action. <laughs> I really do. I don't know how many stories people need to hear to take action. And thank you, Kira, for coming on today and sharing something so amazing. I, I don't, I can do research on people. I can read about the backgrounds. I never know what to expect when it's not an FDN. But let's be honest, guys, if you're a regular, a regular listener, how similar? I mean, we could have just plugged in the word FDN instead of functional nutrition specialist. And you would have thought Kira was an FDN, right? <laughs> it is so similar. And it was so awesome to hear from her and know that there are other 
options out there where people are getting just as good a care as they are with the FDN system. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. We love you guys. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.